Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin. Welcome to Masterclass U.S. Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. This show has been designed to demystify the U.S. market for Italian wineries through interviews with experts in sales and distribution, social media, communications, and so much more. We will quiz each of our esteemed guests at the end of each episode to solidify the lessons that we've learned. So sharpen your pencils, get out your notebooks, and join us each week to learn more about the U.S. market. Hi, everyone. We're waiting just on Jeremy Hart to join us from Samda AI. We'll be talking all things Italian wine today. There he is. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going? Doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. Thanks, everyone, for being here and joining us. We're here with uh, Samda AI and Jeremy Hart talking all things Italian wine sales and the on-premise in the U.S. market. So please send in your questions. I'll be moderating the chat for Jeremy about what's happening in Italian wine in the on-premise. So Jeremy, before we get started, tell everyone who you are and a little bit about Samda AI. So uh, I, I came from the supplier side. I did that for seven and a half years, managed 56 brands, 400 SKUs, did all kinds of stuff within that. So I actually come from the, the selling world of wine. During the pandemic, launched a company with my buddy David. And so we harvest wine menus. Target about 45,000 on-premise accounts in the U.S. Uh, we update it every two weeks. We track all changes and then we have everything drilled down. So anything from Italy, uh, as far as region, sub-region, Appalachian, predominant grape varietal, these are all sortable categories. And so we can tell you who the leaders are via producer for on-premise. Uh, be a skew for basically any geofencing you want to do from zip code to across the country to a handful of states, provide benchmarking and then lead generation. So you know where to go fish besides just understanding where you sit in the U.S. Amazing. Yeah. Very cool. And Jeremy, you're joining us in Verona in November at Wine to Wine, which is really exciting. So there we'll be revealing the top 100 Italian wines in U.S. restaurants, which is really exciting. So we'll dive into all that data in November. So today's a little bit of a precursor for our followers around the type of data that some.ai can pull. So um, I'll just start asking questions and then we'll see if anyone from the audience asks questions as well. Um, but to start, why don't we just go through some of the top five Italian wines right now today in U.S. restaurants nationally. Let's start So top, top five Italian wines across the country, and I'm doing this as, as, as we chat right now, um, it's going to be some of the ones that you would probably assume, but it's going to be La Marca Prosecco is number one. Two, Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. Three is Echo de Monte Pinot Grigio. Number four is a massive surprise. It's Antonori Tignanella. Wow. Number five is going to be Rafino Prosecco. Grigio's in two Proseccos in the top five, and then Tignanella sits right there at number four. Wow, that is wild. And how often, Jeremy, is the data updated? Is it in real time. So we're able to jump in. Uh, we do it every two weeks. We go across all 45,000 menus. When we track all the changes, we are able to note when those changes have happened via the metadata. So we can tell you the exact date in which it happened, but we update it every two weeks. Once again, for everyone who's joining us, we're here with Samda AI and Jeremy Hart, founder, talking all things Italian wine today. Jeremy will be at Wine to Wine, and he's been a guest on the Italian Wine Podcast. So any questions you have about Italian wine sales in U.S. restaurants. We're answering them in live, real time. Jeremy's pulling the data. I'll keep asking questions and let, tell anyone else in the audience ask questions. I have lots. 
Um, Jeremy, tell us the top five cities right now for Italian wine sales in the on-premise. It's it's going to be traditionally kind of what you see. All right, so top five cities, and I'm going to once again go by placements because I think account is a uh, good telling uh, because obviously like New York's going to have a lot of accounts, things like that. Right. But the place really where you see the action at as far as uh, the the uh, affinity towards like a certain place as far as like them actually supporting it. Are they getting a good portion of the wine list, stuff like that? Top five are going to be New York, uh, B number one. Okay. Uh, Chicago is number two. Um, San Francisco is number three. Los Angeles, number four. And then D.C. is actually number five. Okay. Probably around what we'd accept. So top five cities for Italian wine right now in the, in the U.S., New York, Chicago, San Francisco, D.C., Los Angeles. One of the neat things to the platform is that you can also drill in and find where the value is at, the places that might be currently overlooked. Right. Right. So Port One's actually in here for like a top 15. It's kind of a neat little thing. So you can find value in stuff like that. Very cool. Um, Austin is right behind that. Atlanta. Houston's number six. Brooklyn's number seven. Interesting. Okay. Can you show us your screen, Jeremy, for a second? Are you able to flip the camera and show yeah. us what you're looking at? And so from here, the, the really interesting part on here, too, as well, is you can also see the average price point. Net ads, and you can see it via the, the last year. And you can look at this how you want to see it. Percentage of change as well. And so sometimes you're looking at a particular market, and you're like, all right, they're plus 2,676 net ads the last year. That's a huge number. But for New York, that's a 4.6, which is still right. insane growth. And that's really, really exciting to see. And then you can also see things like this to where you can look at this uh, stuff kind of macroly, where you can do like show summary, and then you can get the exact number of what you're actually looking at as far as a trend. Very cool. Okay. So let's talk trends now. In 2023, what Italian wine categories have seen the most growth in the U.S. on-premise? All right. So uh, for Aetna, Aetna is actually one of the, the, the biggest growing as far as net ads. Okay. And so the net ads, I think, is really a good way of looking at it. Percentage of change is also pretty telling to be able to see hand in hand. But as far as for uh, for the most growth, they're actually the number five Aetna is. And so the last year, they're plus 300 uh, 45 total placement. And they're number five overall in Italy? For, for Appalachian. And what's the number one? Barolo. Barolo. Okay. So we've got Barolo number one by Appalachian. Yeah. Brunello? Uh, we have Tuscan IGT. And so Super Tuscan is okay. a category. I mean, it's not like kind of traditional Appalachian, but it's something that we're able to track. And so Tuscan IGT is number three. Then number four to me is very, very exciting because I absolutely love Candy Classico. Keanu Classico is number four. Great. Love to hear that. Keanu Classico, number four, and then Etna number five. So that's where we're seeing the most growth in terms of Italian wine by Appalachian. Yes. Okay. So those are the top five. Um, okay. Next, can we see the top growing um, cities by placements? You listed, you told us the top five cities overall by number of placements, but how about the top five cities that have experienced the most growth in 2023? So the most growth within the platform, um, let's see here. New York is number one. It's, it's still okay. number one. Uh, and that's going to go by net ads. And that's going to, yeah. So New York, Chicago's number two. Okay. There's uh, Boston is on here as well. And so that's going to be uh, number four. And then we also have on Denver as well. Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family.
Uh, well, you have a question. Is the growth by number items sold or by the increase of price that shows the increase of sales? So is it by the number of placements? Yeah, number of placements is what, what we're going to look at because number we know we what's going on on the wine list. And so that's a really good metric as far as sales and like burn rates, as far as what they're going through, that's not something we look at, but we can also tell you like the value of what a placement is by their estimated wine sales for an account. How about uh, to the second part of that question, the price points, are you able to be looking at changes in price point within the category as well? We can, and like from even looking at something like this, like if you wanted to understand like Chicago's number two here, if you wanted to open up Chicago and then understand where they are growing via Appalachian, you can do that. You can also do it via producer, but you can also do it via average price point. For Chicago, the biggest growth as far as for Appalachian is going to be Barolo. IGT right. is number two and then Brunello. Number four is okay. County again, and number five is Barbaresca. Okay. And so those, Chicago is following the kind of general trends yeah. that you listed as the overall national trends. Uh, just to everyone who's with us, we're here with Sam.ai and Jeremy Hart talking all things Italian wine and data trends in the on-premise in the U.S. market. Jeremy will be joining us at Wine to Wine this November in Verona. He's been a guest on the Italian Wine Podcast, and he's here to answer all of our questions about Italian wine in the U.S. market, specific to the on-premise. Uh, okay, we have a question. How do you tabulate the categories? a name search combat compatibility or UPC match, or do you use item tags for each SKU? We use item tags for each SKU. So essentially we know when we see anything on a wine list, we can use indications around where it would sit on a wine list. Like if it's a producer that carries like five different wines, if it's sitting within red versus white on the wine list, we can deduct where that, what, which wine that could possibly be. The interesting thing, and in, in, uh, like if it said, you know, X Chiani from here, uh, or just X Chiani, we can determine essentially which tier of that Chiani that would be within a producer. And so we can drill down to all of those things. Like, it's pretty interesting. And then being able to, to take the individual SKU and then also have it tagged to brand is a nice little uh, piece to look at as well, because besides just kind of individual SKUs, you can see how a producer is doing. And then that another thing that we do as far as for that producer, if it's part of a wine group or importer, we can also okay. track that as well. So we can Very see those cool. kind of growing points uh, between uh, importers as well. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's exciting, I think, especially right now, obviously, on-premise, went through a lot of changes in the last few years, but, you know, we feel like we're, we're back in, in a good place to, to the level of volume and sales. I'm interesting to see what's, what's happening there. Um, so we did the top five wines that are being sold in the U.S. on-premise when we started. Jeremy, can you repeat that list again? Just I think we have some new listeners. What are the top five Italian wines being sold in U.S. restaurants right now? So La Marca Prosecco, number one. Number two, Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. Number three, Epidomani Pinot Grigio. Number four, which is a big surprise here, is going to be Antonori Tiganello. And then number five, is going to be Rafina for a second. Okay. Any questions from our listeners, please chime in. Any questions you have for Jeremy, Sam.ai, about what's happening in the U.S. on-premise in Italian wine specifically today. Jeremy can answer questions about any wines, though, but today we're focusing on the Italian wine category. Um, how about by winery, by brand? Are you also able to look at the top wineries, not their specific SKUs, but just overall in terms of performance? 
Via producer, the number one for placements across the country is Rafina. Number two is Anthony. Okay. Number three is going to be La Marca. Uh, number four is Santa Margarita. And then number five is Banffy. Okay, like, pretty aligned with the top wines as well, the top wineries, which which obviously makes sense. So the next five are pretty pretty interesting to me because as far as the price point jump, you have okay. Gaia at number six. You have Onalaya at number seven. Wow, okay. Vietti at number eight. Uh-huh. Uh, Sanguido at number nine. And then Equidamani is number 10. Interesting, okay. So really quite a range in that top 10 list of high and low. We're not seeing as much sort of mid-level, it seems like. This is an interesting thing. I want to say this really quick. We can actually see the average price point for producers. Okay. And so look at Pino. Average price point in the market on a wine list is 48 bucks. Okay. Okay. Next to that is going to be Antonori at 107. That's number two. Number three, Lamarco, 48 again. Okay. Pino, they're basically in line. Santa Margarita is almost at 60. Banffy's at 60. Look at Gaia's average price point for being number six. 481 on a point. Well, okay. uh, 481. Wow. <laughs> 481. And then Ornelaya is 350. Yeah. 350. Number seven. Vietti's average price point is 75 bucks. And Guido's 386. And then Epinomani is 39. Really, no other country looks like this. And that's okay. one of the really interesting things with Italy. Okay. And so, um, besides just being so diverse and having so many great wine producing regions and so many different styles, it's, it's really quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I mean, any thoughts, as you, especially as it compares to other regions that you're looking at data from, as why as to why Italy is seeing so much fluctuation in price point? I think the fact that there's there's the Pinot Grigio and the Prosecco own so much of the by-the-glass business mm-hmm. that it really mm-hmm. you can almost offset. And then historically, having Chiani as, a, as such a big player that's definitely carrying Banffy 100% as far as for where they sit on this list. Um, I, I think that's that's probably the, the two biggest factors right. as far as historical reference for one major region and then having two very, very popular uh, styles of wine that no one else can kind of replicate for the price. Right. Okay, we've got another question. If the top five or ten is my – top five out of ten is my placement, it makes sense people would choose a big name like Tiganello to have if nothing else, wouldn't it? Brand notoriety, right? It's, right. It's obviously a factor here too and – terms of restaurant development is that and i hope that answers the question but let us know if there's something else you were hoping to to find out thank you to everyone for joining we're here with uh jeremy hart ai talking all things italian wine and on-premise in the u.s if you have any questions about what's happening in the italian wine category in the u.s market and restaurants feel free to drop them in the comments jeremy will be asking the uh, answering questions live he's got the data pulled up on his screen so um, I'll keep asking questions in the meantime. We'll take a couple more. Um, Jeremy, let's see what else we talked about the top five wines, the top five wineries, the top five cities for Italian wine, the top five growth cities in 2023. Um, we also talked about the top five appellations by growth of placement as well. Um, what other trends are you seeing in Italian wine this year right now in the on-premise? One thing I do want to mention really quick that I think is pretty interesting is that um, because we tag down so well, you're able to see varietal breakdown, mm-hmm. which isn't a typical conversation you have with uh, when you're when speaking about Italy because you're always speaking of, you know, Chiani versus, you know, whatever it might be just in terms of, of origin. And so it's pretty interesting. So the number one varietally placed uh wine in the in the u.s for uh for, from italy 
is going to be Nebbiolo by placement because we also track by vintages and things like that. So there's verticals. These are historically wines that can live a long time. So number one is Nebbiolo. It has 72,667 placements. Number two is Pinot Grigio. Okay. Uh, 50,000, so a huge jump down, almost 22,000 down. This is top placement, top number of top placements by varietal, correct, Jeremy? Right. That's what you're listening right. right now? Okay. Right. And then number three is going to be Sangiovese at 50,000, so almost tied with Pinot Grigio. Okay. Right behind that one is going to be Sangiovese Blend, which is about 40,000. Okay. Uh, Galera is, is number five on the list, and that's about almost 38,000 placements in total. Okay. Corvina Blend is right after that one, and that's a big jump down. That's 10,000 down, so now you're at 26,000 okay. placements. And then you have Super Tuscan, and then the last one to round up the top 10 is going to be Moscato. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that Nebbiolo is the number one placement by varietal, but we didn't see any Nebbiolo-based wines in the top five wines or wineries that you listed. Yeah, so yeah. that's interesting that, that there's that gap there. All right, we have another question. What do you see as the region's varieties with the most potential for growth? To, to me, what I think is, is probably Appalachian-wise is going to be the most potential for growth is Etna just couldn't be more popular, just kind of in general. Yeah. So I think also, you know, Prosecco and Pinot Grigio aren't going anywhere. You have more American producers getting into that, which I think is really interesting, like Josh doing a Prosecco, things like that. That's really interesting to me because now it gets, it gets to that whole kind of branding kind of aspect of, you know, are people looking at, is it Italian as far as a namesake, or is it just, I drink Josh, and now I'm going to drink a Josh Prosecco because they're making it for a second. Yeah, that's, and so that's think, really interesting. We're going to see a lot more of that with American wineries getting into Italy. Seen any trends recently from that, you, is it, or is it too early to tell, like what's happening with some of these bigger U.S. brands that are now making um, Italian styles? Of they're doing food. well. Yeah. They're doing well. And the funny thing is, is that um, there's so much, growth on either side of it you know what i mean like that if you if you already are doing a lot of uh, shelf business and this is an off-premise conversation but if you're doing a lot of shelf business with um you know josh or whatever it might be as far as a brand it's really easy to go ahead and nudge them for an end cap of prosecco or whatever that might be so you right. will continue to grow those things and so um no not really Super interesting. Thanks, everyone, for joining. We're going to wrap up in a couple minutes, but we've been chatting with Jeremy Hart of Psalm.ai, talking all things Italian wine uh, in the U.S. on-premise. Jeremy will be at Wine to Wine this November in Verona. He's been a guest on the Italian Wine Podcast, uh, and he's been a great resource for us to learn more about what's happening in Italian wine, specifically in the on-premise and the U.S. market. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. Are there any key takeaways, anything else that you want to add uh, for what you're seeing in Italian wine right now that we didn't already talk about? It's gotten to the point now with a lot of the things that used to be esoteric aren't so esoteric anymore. I think mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I think people looked for adventure in a bottle when they couldn't travel, and they found a little bit of that. And so everything's starting to tend more towards the premium in general. And right. so and people want that adventure and are willing to spend the money on it. Yeah. And so... That's going to be a really kind of interesting thing to happen over the next little bit. Right. So maybe next year we'll see those top five wines be a little more esoteric. Jeremy, yeah. one last time, can you repeat for us the top five wines right now, uh, or top five Italian wines right now in U.S. restaurants? Yep. Number one, La Marca Prosecco. Uh, number two, Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. And then number three is going to be Epidemani Pinot Grigio. Okay. Number four is Tiganello. And then number five is 
for Pinot Prosecco. Right. So we're still seeing, you know, big brands, traditional categories, right, as the top top selling wines in the U.S. on premise. But based on your predictions, maybe we'll start seeing that that shift uh, as we keep going to some some more esoteric and unique varietals. But thank you again, Jeremy, thank for you. being here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Uh, once again, we were with Jeremy Hart, Fonda AI, Italian wine and on-premise. Uh, maybe we'll do this again, Jeremy. And it was so fun to have you here. Thank you for joining me today. Stay tuned each week for new episodes of Masterclass U.S. Wine Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. And remember, if you enjoyed today's show, hit the like and follow buttons wherever you get your podcasts.